0: Lord, we ask that uh, you would speak your word into our hearts this morning and affect uh, the change that you want to bring about in our lives, we pray. And Lord, I just pray in the next half hour, because you're a miracle working God, that you would do something in our hearts that just adjusts us for eternity, I pray help me to speak anoint my words anoint our hearing anoint our spirits to receive do something significant god we believe in the anointing of preaching your word and it affecting our lives forever so put your seed in our hearts that we would change forever in jesus name everybody say amen amen, amen. amen. well all right um so i'm speaking on it being extravagant lovers of god which is kind of where we've been landing um, for a little while, and I'll, I'll start off where I plan to, and then we'll just see where we get. Is so, that All right, in the next, next little bit. So can I have my, my slide here? Okay. Um, this is the story of Cain and Abel. I'm just going to read it to you, and we're just going to take some thoughts from it and, uh, and, and see where we get. Um, so it's Genesis 4, and uh, I guess it's kind of verse 3 onwards, looking at it. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn. Everybody say firstborn. Firstborn. Is that important? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So he was giving the best and he was giving the first. He he wasn't touching what God says. Well, that first bit's mine. That's where you get to worship me and honor me and trust me. If you give me the first 10%, I'll bless the 90%. And you'll go further with a blessed 90%, essentially. That's the, the principle here. The Lord looked with favor unable in his offering but on Cain in his offering he did not look with favour. So the one that just gave something I gave gave into the, I don't like it when we call it collection. You know I put put something in and here God is going "Mm, not good enough. You know there's that story in in, in the Gospels where Jesus sat watching while they did the offering. Uh, You know uh, they didn't send the bucket round like we do. There there would have been a, a place to put your offering and Jesus Imagine this, what an intimidating church to belong to, you know, just sat there watching you put in. And like, James, really? really? Right, you know what I mean? It's quite, it's uh, heavy shepherding. Anyway, uh, no. but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favours. So Cain, because he'd given something, bless his heart, right? Cain, like a lot of religious people, was very angry, and his face was downcast, modern speak, he was having a sulk. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face so downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, listen to this, this is where I kind of want to land for a minute. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. Um, last phrase, but you must rule over it or have dominion over it. Simple point from this. There's stuff inside us that we have to rule over. every one of us has stuff inside of us that we have to go, that's not going to rule my behavior. I might think it. I might have some irritable friends who will confirm the feeling because they all have it. You're going to find that selfishness and self-absorption and fear anxiety and and stress and worry and gossip and and selfishness are natural to man. Anybody want to join me in that moment of honesty? Both of you, thank you. You know, it's just stuff that goes childishness, uh, stuff that goes on. But you must rule over it. Um, when you were born again, you stepped into a new kingdom. The old has gone, the new has come. You became a new creation. I was born... When we, well, let's do Chris. When were you born, Chris? 1977. 1977. Wish I was born in 1977. No, 87. No, 97. That would. Um, 19, what's the date today? 19th of March, 1977. Wow. So Chris's flesh was birthed on that day, 40 years ago. Um, when were you born again? When you were five. So five years later... His spirit was birthed in communion with God's spirit. And he was, just listen to the phrase carefully because we hear it too much, born again. It's a new start. Flesh gives birth to flesh, 1977. But spirit gives birth to spirit, 1982. Yeah. There's a moment when we are born again and everything... In theory, changes. Everything in entitlement changes. But the reality is while our spirit comes alive, who knows that our mind needs to be renewed. There's stuff inside of us that we still have to overcome. Who knows that a Christian can be as selfish as a non-Christian. As violent as a non-Christian. As fearful as a non-Christian. As stingy as a non-Christian. Right? Because something has to go, just being born of God doesn't mean we're living in our inheritance. And so there's stuff we have to overcome. What's the next slide, Simi? Let's have a look at this one for a moment. We need to overcome what's inside us. So it's human just to receive, Um, it's divine. You know, you're stepping into your new inheritance when something in you starts to, you know what, I can give and it doesn't make me fearful. You know when you've stepped into that place of, I am a new creation. I'm becoming like Christ because I've stepped from the natural thing where I, I like to accumulate. That's naturally human. But to faithfully be generous is a divine thing. right? It's, it's often counterintuitive. It really reveals whether we believe he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything, that we're his child, that he loves us. We can live like the miserable older brother in the prodigal son's story. And the father's going, well, everything I had is yours. You only had to ask. See, he was born in a family that he did not truly recognize. Uh, it's, It's human to harbor and dwell on stuff. Any, anybody dwell on negative conversations, conflicting issues, worries, anxieties? Um, it's quite normal for thoughts to pass through your mind. It's up to you whether you harbor them. I used to work on boats. My job was get all the nice boats around the, around the pier office, Do you know what I mean, where we, were. we got all the not- if you were. If you were a bit of a rubbish boat, we either said there's no room for you, because we were a nice Marine. We're talking nice, right? We're talking, you know, Simon Le Bon's boat drum and uh, uh, boats off the Bond movies and stuff. And, and we yeah, you can come. You can stay right here, okay? And we'd tie it up. And, and then somebody came in some ramshackle pirate thing, do you know what I mean? With somebody on the, on the deck and they're all in, all smoking there, and, and, you know, doing it and a bit unusual. And we go, oh, really sorry, we're full. Because we didn't need the money. The guy that ran the place was a multi-multi-millionaire. you—you, nah, nah, you, He doesn't look right for our marina, for our harbour. You choose what to attach to your world. And you've got to go with some of your thoughts. You don't look right for this son of God. You don't look right for this loved one. Excuse me, ramshackle, miserable, fearful, anxious, selfish thought. You're not harboring in here. Get out. The Bible puts it. Take every thought captive and make it obedient unto Christ. And we attach into our worlds. We, We choose what we attach into our spirits. Fearful things. Or we cast them away and go, no, 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 no. That's not God. I am a new creation. I'm going to overcome what's inside me. And as you go on this journey, we become like Christ. So it's, it's human to harbor and dwell on stuff. And 20 years later, still be bringing it up. Remember when they said, but you know them. They always are. And, and, and you know, we've got this. It's funny. You can meet someone 40 years later, and you bring that thing up again. And their neck goes flushed and red. And the stress starts to go. And fight or flight's kicking in. They're ready to go again. And it hasn't gone one bit why. They've lashed something that is demonic or just human to their insides and gone, this is me now. It is in my identity. It's it's making my future. And you build a house of thoughts, then the reality is you live in it. You choose what you harbor, right? Whereas it's divine to go, I wasn't born to worry. I'm not designed for it. I'm born to cast all my cares on him. That's what I'm designed to do. I'm really good at it. Don't go, don't, don't be some people. It's so ingrained. We've harbored so long that people say things like, well, somebody's got to worry. <laughs> As if you're proud of your dumb humanity. Well, it's not you. I am a new creation. Yes. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I'm a child of the King. If God be before me, who can be against yeah. me? The Lord's my shepherd; I shall not be in want. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God, God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. It might touch one thousand that side, ten thousand that side, but I'm the eleven thousand and one person, right in the middle, that it will not touch. Come on, everybody, grunt a little bit. Right? But you have to put on this identity yeah. and choose it. Yeah. It's human to, to stay at home and to, and to, and to want comfort. It's, it's, it's divine to say, no, go, have an adventure. It's human to be selfish. It's divine to be selfless. It's, it's human to rely purely on logic and intellect. And as a Christian, you don't throw your, your logic and your intellect out of the window. But it serves your divine knowledge of God. It doesn't control it. It's, it's human to be tentative. It's divine, Christian. Oh, let's 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 do a rare thing in our in our culture. It's divine to be confident. Not cocky, but confident. There's an air of only confident people can be truly kind. Cruel people are normally full of fear, that's why they're cruel. But confident people can be kind, can overlook. But but we put on this thing, right? It is. Human to desire to be great—it's divine when you realise greatness is in service. As as I serve you, I actually have a dignity yes. come into my life. It's 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 human to feel that we need more. The great trick of fear is to think you must accumulate. And look, there's a place for accumulation. Let's put that to one side. I'm not saying don't have a pension. I'm not saying never save. But the spirit of selfishness will go, I need to absorb more. Whether we're talking about money or just our, our, our giftedness or our, our humanity or what we have in this world. It's natural. I see Christians all the time, even in their spiritual walk, trying to absorb more of God. As if I can absorb a little bit more and all my problems will go away. No, no, no. Wrong posture. Be bold, be strong. God just says, so what's in your hand? Uh, A stick, uh, five loaves, two fish, uh, a little bit of oil, um, some oil and some flour. What's in your hand? Uh, uh, Gideon, what have you got? Well, I'm the least of the least of the least of the least. And he's probably thinking, so I've got to somehow absorb a bit more. But God says to him something wild and divine. And it's all, let your mind begin to wrap around this concept. God says, go in the strength you have. In other words, your strength you have that you don't know you have. So it's not about trying to accumulate more. It's stepping into that faith place of walking with God. And something divine can take place. It's, it's human to want to save our souls as it were. But Jesus said anyone who tries to save his soul will lose it. In other words, if the polarity is all about <laughs> sucking in from the world around the boundaries, you You're actually going to lose. But there's something. But he who, 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 who's, who gives up his soul will yeah. gain life. There's something in that polarity. And so we've got to overcome what's within us. In order to walk, I'm referencing here the area of financial miracles. It is impossible to walk in the miraculous, whatever area, whilst walking in fear. Because fear means I haven't got the boldness to step into what God says. No, I'm too wrapped up in logic. I'm too obsessed with accumulating when actually I want to step into a divine place in God and begin to step into all that he has. So fear and just pure human logic inside of us stops us from stepping into the fullness of God. We've got to step beyond that. Does that make sense? Overcome what's within us. Now I'm going to go off, I'll just leave the PowerPoint where it is for now, Simi. Turn to Isaiah 61. I'm just going to share some thoughts that, um, I've just felt stood here in the worship this morning, and um, we may just do this rather than the message I planned. Um, the context here is still generally finances, but a whole heap of other stuff too. Um, as I've said before, I've chosen the word extravagant because it means losing restraint. Everybody say losing restraint. Now we know, don't go silly with it, we know that there's appropriate restraint in life. Absolutely. But when it comes for most of us to entering into the things of God, we actually have to let go and go, right, I'm going to dive in. Right, we're in a kingdom that doesn't work when you dabble. You dive into the things of God and that's where the miracles are. And I just felt this morning, uh, Isaiah 61, it says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he's anointed me. It says to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of despair. Can you see that they're overcoming one thing to step into another? It's they were this, but the gospel comes to proclaim. Claim this. They were in darkness. Now it's light. They were prisoners. Now it's freedom. Um, uh, Oil of joy instead of mourning. Garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called. Catch this. This is your name. Oaks. Not weeds. Oaks of righteousness. Um, A planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Listen to these words from that passage. Everybody say poor. Poor. Everybody say brokenhearted. Captives. Prisoners. Prisoners. Mourn. 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 Grieve. Grieve. Ashes. Ashes. Mourning. Mourning. Despair. Despair. That's who you were. Now, it's not that difficult things don't touch our lives. But in Christ, this is the whole point of the gospel. He comes to say, right, ashes, okay. I'm going to give you beauty for those ashes. Grieving, okay. I'm going to give you a garment of praise. It's time to change your clothes. Revive, it's time to change your clothes. It's time to, I'll try over here. It's time to change your clothes. Are you wearing kingdom clothes? Or Monday to Saturday, do we just look like every other pagan? It's time to change our clothes. Now let me try this bit. It's time to change your clothes. Yeah. You're new. You're in a new house. You're in a new kingdom. Not, every, not everyone in the room but you. Stop using that. It's psychology. The, the imposter syndrome. Everybody but me. I, I'm the one who is... Well, they're all probably slightly sinful, but I'm really sinful. Everyone in the room knows what's going on but me. Listen, no, no, no. You. Certain person. Next, to you say you. Yeah. Let's try over here. Because <laughs> we're not really doing very well so far. <laughs> time to change your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to change your clothes. Yeah. You're not the people of despair. That's right. When it comes. Because we live in a broken world. Yeah. So it touches even the believer. We know that, right? But you, more than anyone in the room, have the solution. Right. It's time to change your clothes. Let me read it again. To proclaim good news to the poor. Yeah. What's good news to a poor man? Work with me. What's good news? Say again? Money, clothes, food. What's good news to a poor man? Provision. Come on. Provision. I watched a little thing on YouTube this morning and it was, it was a little pay it forward moment. And this, this class of, it must have been a year more than the class, I guess, of about 150 pupils. Had, had, had come together to raise some money for this security guard, American school, security guard in, in, in the school, and they, they walk up to him and, you know, at the end of the school year and give him 1,600 pounds, and he's in floods of tears. What have they done? Just proclaimed good news to a poor man. See, when we start to talk about money, I guarantee two-thirds of British hearts in a room even like this will go, Not sure. You're in your old clothes. Change your clothes. Yeah, but self... Yeah, we know. Love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money, not money. The love of money can lead in all sorts of ways. So we're not talking about loving money, but we are talking about Jehovah Jireh, my provider... The one who, 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 who sees, you know, there were, there, there were people in need. And this is how, uh, where, where the name, the God who sees me came up, is when God provided to someone in need. He's the God who sees me. Every bill that drops on your mat, he sees it before it came. And we kind of go, well, maybe he's not interested. He's interested. Yeah. Change your clothes. Holidays, he's interested. Church buildings, he's interested. Projects, He's interested. Syria, he's interested. Yeah. He's interested. He's, inter- he's the God who sees me. He, pro- he came to proclaim good news yeah. to the poor. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. You got a broken heart? He binds it up. Freedom for captives. Anybody trapped in something addictive? He sees it. And he's not, in re- he's not rejecting you because of it. He's saying, come here. Change your clothes. Come on. I'm good. I'm a good father. I'm a good God. Right? Um, uh, To comfort those who mourn. uh, Beauty instead of ashes. Here we go. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Uh, Despair says God won't do it. God can't do it. Woe is me. Deep in our gut, we've, we've lost something. But this is what the gospel does. Changes something inside of us and says, right, here you go. Let me pull that out of you. Let me change your clothes and put praise on you. Listen, Christian, praise looks good on you. It'll never work, doesn't look good on you. (laughs) I don't like the preaching about money. No, no, no. You don't look like a Christian. That's right. Wrong clothes. Gollum, take them off. (laughs) What looks good on you, my God, is for me. If God be for me, who can be against me? I mean, let's be honest, guys. We go through seasons of sacrifice. Anybody know that? As a believer, you're going to go through sacrifice. This is going to be a fridge magnet. You're going to go through Suffering. But listen, if you only get that side of your theology and live there, you're never going to enjoy the seasons of springtime when it starts to sing and he provides and he heals and he, he sets you up for victory. And he says, come on, I'm going to break you through. Some people want the valley. We're never going to the pastures. Green, where he restores your soul and he lifts you up and he's good to the poor. Change your clothes. When Elijah died, oh, he didn't die. He was taken up into heaven. Um, Elijah, it says, tore his old clothes and then picked up Elijah's mantle. And he whacked the river and he said, where now is the God of Elijah? Listen, if you've got a miserable spirit, if your main tendency is to negativity, if, you, if you're a, it will never work, glass half empty person, God wants you to change your clothes this morning. Because he's saying, look, if you would just position yourself so I can bless you, so the gospel could work for you, if you could let me touch your body and your mind and your your kids and your home, if you could let me bless your church and your ministry, if you could let me bless your finances, you could let me bless uh, the things that I've called you to do, then then the kingdom can explode in you and you're going to go, wow, look what God did. Don't get to the end of your life and never experience a personal miracle. Because the gospel is good news to our poor, broken spirits without him. And he comes along and says, you know what? You should be miserable. I'm going to make you jolly. <laughs> I always find Joyce Meyer's testimony incredible. The sexual abuse she suffered. Hundreds Hundreds of times. And look where she stands today. That's got to be the gospel being good to you. Who's ready for the gospel to be good for you? Who's ready to to rip off the old clothes of identity and say, no, I'm a child of the king. Now, it's not just an outer thing. He will heal and bind up my broken heart. I am genuinely hurting, but he will genuinely heal me. Because I'm a child of the king. I'm genuinely going through a bitter season. But he will genuinely pour waters of joy into my season. I am genuinely going through loss, but he will genuinely provide for me. I am genuinely sad and lonely, but he has said he will put the lonely in families. Either this stuff works or it doesn't. It works. And I want to encourage you, take your old clothes off and say, God, this is my year of testimony. This is my year of breakthrough. This is the year where I'm translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. This stuff works in God. He is my provider. He's my healer. He's my restorer. He's my rebuilder. He's the lifter of my head. There are things I'm dreaming of and waiting for. And I don't know when I'll turn the corner and step into them. But God is with me. And if God before me, who can be? against me. I refuse to wear my old clothes. I feel there's people in this room in despair. There's people in this room in sorrow. There's people in this room in unbelief. There's people in this room in fear and anxiety. And God's saying, change those clothes. You're harboring thoughts that are not your own. You have to overcome what's inside you. You have to overcome what's inside you. You have to overcome what's inside you. Because sin is crouching at the door. And it nags and it whispers and it torments. And it brings up the thing you did 40 years ago. Again and again and again and again. And you have to say, no, God is for me. Not again me, He is on my side. He is a healer. He is a provider. He does give me beauty for ashes. Yeah. Torment the devil with the fact that you're a loved son. You don't deserve it, but accept it. You're a loved son. And I just felt in the worship today, there are people here, you need to rip off your old garment. Not, 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 in, the, not, not in the natural... We'll get in trouble again. I mean, spiritually, you need to rip up some of the thoughts that you are anchoring to your soul. Because you might be a Christian, but you can live in the snare of the enemy. When he says, no, understand, I don't care how complex you think it is. I'm for you. You will be amazed how I can take a crooked path and build a highway under your feet. If you trust Me. Trust is your connection with your Heavenly Father. That requires focusing on His faithfulness. I say, I don't get it, don't understand it, but I trust Him. I don't understand everything about the money thing, but I'm trusting that he's my provider. And I'm going to learn what miracles are like in that area. I don't understand about emotional healing, but I trust him. And he's going to heal. And I'm not going to live with a broken, anxious mind. I'm not going to live with sleepless nights my whole life. God is my healer. He can heal a broken bone. He can heal a broken heart. He is going to heal me. You just watch, devil. You just watch, family. God is for me i'm going to be healthy i'm going to be whole he's going to restore restore these broken ruins and lift them up it even says later on it says they'll rebuild the ancient ruins restore the places long devastated renew the ruined cities strangers will shepherd your flocks foreigners will work your fields and vineyards you'll be called priests of the lord and name ministers of our god listen to this back to money you will feed on the wealth of nations And in their riches, you will boast. Instead of your shame, you'll receive a double portion. Today is the day of instead of. Instead of. Instead of harboring shame, I'm going to go for forgiveness from this day forward. Instead of harboring a small God who can't touch my finances, I'm going to say, Okay, God, I'm going to let you be my provider. Instead of harboring anxiety, I'm going to start going for trust. I'm going to release the ropes in a big storm. Uh, There are times when you just have to release the ropes on a boat because they're just hitting each other so much. So we come with these big knives and we're just hacking through ropes and the rain is lashing down. But you've got to know, I've got to get this thing out of here because it's causing too much destruction. You've got to get some thoughts out of you. You've got to overcome what's within you. Rip off old thinking and say, right, where now? Is this God that Jared's on about? This God that Chris is talking about? This God that people speak of? Where is the God of the Bible? Where is Jehovah Jireh my provider? Where is God my healer? Where is God my restorer? Where is the God who sees me? Ask him to prove himself. Say, Show me your glory. Yeah. Show me your glory. Yeah. I don't want to live a small, pitiful, pagan life even though I go to church. It's more than just your sins forgiven. Show me your glory, God. I want to know you. Let's stand in the presence of God. Could we have the band up? Band, you've been outstanding this morning. <clears throat> Jesus. I'll go for the handheld. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just close your eyes where you are for a moment. Close your eyes. It might be despair, anxiety, sleeplessness, fear, crippling shyness. Not, not, I'm not saying all shyness is wrong. It's, it's lovely to be a quiet, introverted person. Just get comfortable in your own skin so you're happy with it. I can be very introverted, but the older I get, the more I'm chilled with it. And I, go, no, I don't mind if you're uncomfortable. I'm really happy being quiet right now. So, shy people, you're wonderful, but don't let it be crippling, fearful shyness. Let it be divine dignity in you that allows you to be wonderful who you are. Fear over the area of finances, struggling to step into that. Marital difficulties and pain, struggling with kids. Whatever thought has arisen in you as I've spoken about overcoming what's in you, about changing your clothes, beauty for ashes, garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Right now, I want you to bring before God the thoughts that you're carrying that have come to mind as I've spoken this morning. Or sometimes it's the emotion that you're carrying. You're in a despairing place. And I want you to pour it out, whisper it out before God. God, I give you. God, I give you. I want you to begin to tear it from the harbour of your life. Thoughts of fear. Thoughts of insecurity. Maybe your own small mindedness is getting on your nerves. I want to be a big, gracious, hearted person. Give up to God. Raise it up before him. You're a new creation. Translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You're his child. You're his child. You're his child. You're his child.